0: Bears Hour Live with Lauren Cox and the Draft Doc, Philitoshan.
1: Hello, Bears fans. It's a Sunday afternoon, and there's no Chicago Bears football on the TV, but don't worry. Philitoshan and I, Lauren Cox, your hosts of Bears Hour Live, we have you covered this Sunday afternoon we're going to talk through uh, Alshon Jeffries' impending free agency. Uh, that's going to be one of the biggest decisions of the, the Chicago Bears' offseason this year. I mean, obviously, I think quarterback position takes a little bit of precedent, but once once you kind of get uh, figure out the quarterback position, then you go to your, your number one free agent player, and that would be Alshon Jeffries, who played the 2016 season on the franchise tag. And you know, it, it, we were hoping to see Alshon Jeffrey prove something this year. That was kind of the the, the, the mantra of the franchise tag is play and, and earn yourself a contract extension, sir. And after the 2016 season where everything kind of went up and down for the whole team, we kind of are left not with very many solutions and answers to the questions surrounding Alshon Jeffrey. He didn't miss any games due to injury this year, but he was suspended for four games for violating the performance-enhancing drug policy in the NFL, which he claims was uh you know just a kind of an accident where he took something that was recommended to him by somebody and he should have been more disciplined. It wasn't any, or he claims it wasn't any intentional act of cheating or steroid use to try and put himself ahead. It was just, I imagine it was some kind of, kind of painkiller, some kind of anti-inflammatory thing for maybe a knee injury or something that he had been kind of nagging all year. So obviously he didn't play in every game like the Bears were kind of hoping to see, but he did stay pretty well healthy throughout the year and he didn't always have a quarterback that was throwing him the ball very well. And that kind of culminated in what statistics. Was a little bit of a down year for Alshon. He had uh, 52 catches for 821 yards and two touchdowns, which isn't terrible by any means, but it's not the 100 catch, 1,000 yard year that we were kind of hoping to see from Alshon as he stepped out to try and prove himself to earn that massive extension and, and be paid like the top wide receivers in this league. So, Phil, with all we saw from Alshon Jeffrey this year and, and what we've seen from him in the past couple of years, what do you do if you're Ryan Pace? You know, Alshon obviously is going to want to get paid. He's, he held out last year down to the final the seconds for signing your free agent tender, trying to work out that deal. Uh, what, what are you doing with Alshon? Are you, you considering letting him walk? Do you pay him whatever he's asking for? Or I mean, obviously you're going to set some kind of limit, but what's your, what's your stance and what the Bears should do with Alshon Jeffrey on the whole?
0: Uh, good afternoon, Lauren. I'm fired up to be here. Uh, jumping right into Alshon Jeffrey. You don't let homegrown talent walk. It's simple as that. When talent is this type of superior athlete when it comes to what he can do to this football team, and if we look back, Lauren, and take a real microscope over the Chicago Bears franchise and you look at what transpired last season, you got a Dowell Loggins offensive coordinator. You have a, a completely... Different philosophy, despite what John Fox, it's our offense, was selling us. Really, the offensive coordinator's kind of scheme didn't adhere to using Alshon Jeffrey for what he does best, and that's jump balls, back shoulder passes in the red zone. And as the season grew longer and you saw Brian Hoyer come into the lineup with this whole, you know, displaced house so you so to speak. The family isn't functioning correctly. You look at Alshon Jeffrey's numbers and you think they're pedestrian like, but really ultimately when you really put a microscope on it, it really isn't. It's actually impressive what he was able to do despite the dysfunction in the offense. And that's why when you look at where the Bears are going and, and this is the year and the offseason of the quarterback with the Bears, to have a Superman-type receiver that could do things when the ball's in the air and comes down with catches and makes big plays, that kind of security blanket, especially when you look at the tight end position, being the best friend of a quarterback, and you know me and you are going to get into that, throughout this whole offseason of shows, the tight end position, that is, the Bears don't have a a legit threat there right now. I like Zach Miller. We all do. But Alshon Jeffrey gives you that security blanket, especially for a young quarterback. Why do you let that walk out the house? I just don't do it. I just think that the whole functioning body of the offense last year dictated that those numbers and when you look at the other free agent numbers that that uh... the quote-unquote NFL analysts out there and twitter gm's are throwing names out there and you compare them to alshon jeffrey and if you watch tape it it really isn't a comparison alshon jeffrey's twenty six years old lauren not thirty-year-old pierre garcon or a 30-year-old Deshaun Jackson, who's a different kind of receiver and would give you a different thing if you're going to talk free agents. Alshon Jeffrey is a chain mover, a touchdown creator in the red zone. I feel like Brian Hoyer's play, although his stats say a lot, the reality is he missed opportunities and risks to throw back shoulders and deep balls to Alshon Jeffrey, where. That's his definition of his game. And when you get a young quarterback coming in, I feel like he will not only exceed those numbers, but he'll be a centerpiece to the young receiver, young quarterback uh, uh, transferring his game into the NFL, Lauren. I just don't know how the Bears could say at 26, after we franchise tagged you, you know what? We're just gonna let you go, and we're gonna find something else better. When this is a proven commodity, when healthy, the black eye, as you said, was the the transgression with the PEDs. That didn't look good, but it came back, played hard. The injury issues weren't there that were there in 2015. So I don't. If I'm Ryan Pace, I just don't let this guy walk. I even have the use of the franchise tag. For the second year to come with more time to talk and make it a priority that we're, you're our guy, Alshon. You're our guy moving forward. We saw what the Bears had out there, despite the quarterbacks, the Josh Bellamy drops, and, and, you know, Cam Merritt is learning, and where's Kevin White and his ankle? uh, Eddie Royal constantly injured. You know, Ryan Pace hasn't doesn't have this position locked up. And the one surefire thing I believe that's there is Alshon Jeffrey.
1: I think the young quarterback thing is the ultimate argument for him. I mean, you can't go in, I mean, if you're drafting a rookie quarterback or even trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, who has the experience essentially of an NFL rookie, I mean, you're not, there's no reason to limit the weapons that you're going to have for this guy. I mean, I totally agree that you, you're not just going to uh, let wide receivers walk when when you don't seem to have a lot of talent around him to replace, but I wanted to go back to the point you were making about the way Alshon Jeffrey was used this year, and I, I pulled up some PFF numbers while you were talking, and just looking at the routes he ran this year and the targets he received, I mean, 10% of his targets came on screens, 13 were on in routes, and another 15 were on slants and out routes. I mean, only 24% were on those, those deep nine routes, and a good 20 were on hitches, but it, it wasn't you're only seeing about 50% of his passes being those downfield throws that he excels at, and a lot of it was this underneath game, This because you had Brian Hoyer, at quarterback who couldn't throw deep, and you had an injured Jay Cutler for a while, and then you had Matt Barkley, who was still kind of learning, and we started to see, with Cutler and Barkley under center, Alshon get back to more of that natural role of his, but those games with Hoyer, I, I might have, off the top of my head, six or eight games with Hoyer, I can't remember for sure, that's when you start to see those those out and in numbers catch up, and he's not running the the posts. He had three, he caught or he was targeted on three post routes all year. He was targeted on three corner routes all year. He had one catch between those six targets, and two interceptions were on those six routes run. So I mean, it, it was clear that the quarterback play was really affecting his ability to work downfield and to put up the stats like you were saying, and it's hard for me to then judge, and it's hard, it should be hard for anybody to then judge Alshon Jeffries' stats based on this year exactly like you were saying. The numbers really do back up the, 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 the truth about what kind of routes and, and how he was being used in this offense.
0: One specific game I know is constantly brought up is that Indianapolis Colts football game, game on the line, uh, final play of the of the game, and really the opportunity to win. Football game. Brian Hoyer, three three to step drop pushes the five. Did not even look with one on. See that single coverage, and the safety didn't even roll over the top of Alshon Jeffrey, who then beats uh, the corner there. Why am I forgetting his name? Their top corner over there, uh, Vontae Davis. Thank you, Vontae Davis, manned up on him, misses the jam. Alshon, if you watch the play expertly. Uh, positions gets position over the top, swims over him, gets four steps to so about three yards over the top, wide open. Now I know if Cutler's in the football game, he, he's looking at that matchup. And, and when we talk about Brian Hoyer, and you talk about situational football and what Hoyer did best, he did not throw well outside the the, the, chi- the numbers. So. Giving an opportunity to make a big play, when you're in it, fans talk about it and digest it and then are critical of it, and and same with the media that is in Chicago in in the moment. But then as the season ends, they look at numbers, and that becomes the definition of someone's play when ultimately (laughs) it never is. It's in the moment when a play needed to be made outside those numbers, they weren't. And thus, the small ball approach to the Bears doesn't bring up any points, which ultimately is the goal of the football game. And what is Alshon's best attribute, Lauren? It's his size and his ability to snatch. So those, what you said, the deep in-cut coming across, the free safety, having a big-bodied receiver that's going up and getting the football with soft hands, that's where Alshon excels a back shoulder fade where he adjusts his body. I mean, we've seen the highlights of this football player. All of a sudden, he just doesn't forget at 26 years old how to ride a bike. Same thing with how to get your jump ball fade in the back of the end zone. Alshon Jeffrey is the number one free agent for a reason. If you're selling that you're trying to improve your football team, and this is the year of the quarterback, and, and you want to win, and this is a championship format, all the, the nonsense of the, the McCaskey pressers and, and all this garbage, then Alshon Jeffrey is the foundation of what you're doing to move forward to help your football team. And at 26 years old, any Bears fan selling you, or Bears Draft, Twitter, whoever is selling you, you need to move on from Alshon Jeffrey. He's not worth it. Isn't paying attention that you paid him 14.599 million last year for a damn reason? The quarterback position handicapped you. And then when you saw Matt Barkley come in and he used Alshon more, did we see not see back-to-back games? Especially I, I can recall the Green Bay Packer game where Alshon Jeffrey on one single drive I believe, had 80 something, 86 yards and a touchdown to tie that football game up. There's no substitution for this football player. You keep homegrown talent in-house, and you, and you have faces of the franchise like him that project to the future. Are you going to just let Jordan Howard walk now? No. He's <laughs> a part of the future. Alshon Jeffrey, anyone selling you that you need to not – go with him because the cap guess what they can have 70 to 90 million in cap space that's without that's with making a few cuts right now they stand at what 60 Lauren. they can make a few cuts and get up to 90 but we don't even recognize and this is one other thing that the cap is going to go up 19 million this off season. so that's going to even give you basically what you're going to pay him you're getting back in bonus because the cap has moved up. And that's how I would play it, recognizing, hey, I control you because I can put the franchise tag on you or I'll put the franchise tag on you and your agent because the Alshon's going to roll it to the agent. We all know that, Lord. Mm -hmm. i will talk to my agent. Yeah, The rumors are going to swirl. Remember, he wanted to be a jet. (laughs) He wanted to be close to the crazy Brandon. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. That stuff. I mean... The end of the day, the only thing green that Alshon wants is the dollar. And and I don't blame him because a lifestyle and and an opportunity to make that kind of money only happen for a 1% of the United States. So Alshon, get your money and the Bears are going to need to pay up because ultimately the talent speaks to the level of where we're going with this football player and I would use that as a pitch to this agent to say listen we can put this on you we know the cap is going to rise so essentially it's a push for us to keep him another year and another year of service out of him or we can really act like adults and say how many people make 14.599 million a year or the next step, whatever it is, what is it going to be, 17-something million, mm-hmm. 18? Who, who makes that in a year? Nobody. So let's be adults here and come to a long-term agreement. That has to be the goal. That needs to exp- be expressed by Ryan Pace to this agent, that you're wanted here. That's what players want to hear. I don't think Alshon wants to leave at all. I think he wants to be here. I think his comments about we're going to be Super Bowl champions next year, he's saying the Bears, you know, that's where he wants to be. That's a sign there. So you need in a mental game to play a mental game with a player and let him know that he's wanted, and that would be my goal as Ryan Pace. You're the utmost important piece. Obviously, you know, Alshon, we're going to be going after a quarterback you are the most important piece for that future. And that has got to be expressed to that football player.
1: I think the ultimate argument against, you know, oh, well, we don't want to pay him that much money. I mean, we always talk about it's not your money and there there is plenty of cap space. But the thing that keeps coming back to me in my head is that, you know, last offseason, the, the rumors that dropped were about the money he wanted. You know, the Bears were down in the 11, 12 million range and he wanted to be more in the, what, the 13, 14 million dollar range, which first of all, the difference between two million dollars a year in this salary cap is so minimal that you just give you know you, you take the lowest that he will go and, and you take that because if you're bit, if you're nitpicking about two million dollars for a franchise wide receiver then you, you're gonna you're gonna waste his talent and let him go away but really the, the bigger thing for me is that you know they signed to the franchise tag it was 14.599 so 14.6 million dollars that they paid him this year and that was more theoretically than he was asking which you know according to the reports but even though they were already paying him 14 Point six million dollars. The Bears still had what 15 million in cap space that lasted into the regular season. You know, they went all the way through for agency, signed all their draft picks, and they still had more than 10 million dollars in cap space, paying Alshon Jeffrey more than he had even been asking for on a yearly basis. So if they could afford to pay him beyond his asking price for this year, how can they not afford to just pay him his asking price over the next five years? Clearly they have a very firm understanding of how to manipulate the cap space. They didn't inherit Mickey Loomis's terrible cap management in New Orleans. (laughs) I'm glad Ryan Pace was able to stay away from that, but it's really no skin off the bear's back to pay Alshon Jeffrey $14 million a year. I mean, basically they had the space paying him more than that this year so if you if you fold that over into next year you you pay him 14 million dollars a year even if that's more than he would he would even earn that's what des bryant is making that's what demarius thomas is making it's more than what ty hilton is making but you can you can afford to pay him that and you still have 50 million dollars in cap space like if i'm the bears (laughs) i am front loading alshon jeffrey's contract i'm I may be thinking, giving him sixteen, seventeen million this year, and then have that drop down, you know, fifteen the previous, the following year, and then down to thirteen, twelve, eleven, ten, you know, really do the the Jay Cutler kind of contract because you have so much cap space, and if you're going to invest in this player as your franchise wide receiver. Pay him even more than that. Give him $20 million guaranteed this year. Let that all take on your cap space now and and make it such a team-friendly deal down the line when maybe you won't have as much cap space if you're going to go out and spend at other positions. And there's really no risk and there's, there's no... Cap space issue here. I don't. I don't get why people still feel that's a thing. Maybe that's something from the, you know, the NFL years past, especially under Phil Emery and stuff with the Julius Peppers and and uh, Brandon Manueliuna and those kind of years when they would they would <laughs> pay some money and they'd get right up to that cap space. But this is Ryan Pace and this is John Fox and. Uh, with all the bad things they've done, the one thing you cannot blame them for is the way they've handled money and the way they've handled cap space on this roster. And it it really shouldn't be a concern. The only question I think with Alshon Jeffrey should be whether you trust him to be healthy for 16 games and to give maximum effort. And I think we saw him do both of those things this year. I, I just struggle to see you know people that are disappointed with what with Alshon's 2016. What more could he have done, Phil? What more could Alshon Jeffrey have done on the field this year? Because It seemed to me like he was doing everything he could. And like we talked about, the quarterback and the offensive system wasn't helping him.
0: Lauren, I mean, (laughs) you threw a lot there at people. (laughs) No, but it was all great stuff because think about the questions that are going on. And we're running a football team and, and our choices are what we put out there. And they couldn't even make the right choices in that stance. Who was the best to play? in in situational football, they can't get that right. They can't understand that they were rolling all that money into the cap. They kind of hid the fact that they got Josh sitting on the back end there and and we were saving that money for that kind of move. Well, ultimately, here's a 26-year-old football player that your question is going to be answered in this. Everyone's talking, and I mean everyone media-wise, about – numbers and player and and Pierre Garcon okay Pierre Garcon playing 16 games with a a quarterback one quarterback who's a franchise football player Washington he played 16 games he had 1041 yards Alshon Jeffrey played 13 games he had 820 yards 821 yards rather he had 15.8 yards per reception with no QB stability whatsoever to be seen, and Mr. Garcon had thirteen point two yards per reception. And then we go into the TD category, Lauren. And this is where it gets the the, the blood pressure of me fired up. Alshon had two touchdowns, Lauren. Pierre Garcon had three. Okay, sixteen so, games, <laughs> sixteen games, thirteen game, eight hundred, and all these stat scouts are gonna fight. But ultimately, the numbers don't tell the story of the conditions of the house. The house sucked, okay? It was leaking. The water was all over the basement. This guy's trying to to build the kitchen up and and dig out the garbage and put a, a, a storm drain in to get the water out of his basement and get to this point in Alshon Jeffries. So let's reward this guy by believing in him. Let's not be nitpicky, uh, ill-advised spenders. There's a reason why any list, and I'll challenge anybody out there listening, anyone on Twitter, anyone listening uh, to this later on iTunes, show me a list that doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey the top in the top five free agents. Top three. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> top three that are out there. Now then think about this, people. And th- this is why I love this forum, Lauren. because I can't do this in 140 characters, okay? Think about this. You're selling, and you being the Bears, are selling that you need to win now whatsoever. You were embarrassed last year. You had an end-of-the-year meeting again. How many of these can we go through, Lauren?
1: <laughs> right? As long as and John's up say- there to help him. <laughs>
0: You know, Alshon's got to get rid of the, the woozies. He's got to yeah. get rid of the nil knickknacks and niggies.
1: Thanks for handling all the tough questions out there, John.
0: You know, I think, um, it, uh, you know, <clears throat> it, it, uh, our issue is myself, all the coaches, uh, everybody involved in football. You know, uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, David Hall and Brad Biggs, I can't wait to write how bad Alshon Jeffrey was paid. But they don't win football games. Al Alshon and the quarterback and the security blanket and an offensive coordinator, perfect example, Shanahan in the Super Bowl. I'm screaming at the TV. I'm, not gonna, <laughs> I'm a coach. This is what I feel. Eight points. You're at the 22, Lauren, and you're throwing the football to get cute? What are you doing? You run the football. You win the game. That's it. Coaches that are in the NFL make dumb decisions. You're the GM. Your job is to put the best product, get the best players out there. And here, there's no doubt in my mind that Alshon Jeffrey is top three talent on the Bears roster. Selling that you're about winning and your goal is to improve by letting him walk with who? is going to tell me the complete utter opposite. Sign him, tag him as a must. There's no other option. Your goal is to inform that football player that you are definitely a part of our future. And use the PED, a suspension, as a, a focal point, but not one of embarrassment. But we can't have this and that gets written into the contract. You don't embarrass the football player, and that's how you push away negotiations. You put that in the formulation. Listen, Alshon, we can't have them. thus we're going to put this in the contract. If it does come up again, then you're going to lose A and B amount of money based on that, and, and then put that in agreement as the caveat for it not to happen again if that's what you're concerned about. But other than that,
1: this is a piece of the future that is a must. I totally agree. We're definitely walking step for step. And I, and I think that brings us to a good uh, a good transition to a question asked by Matthew Bosley, uh, one of our loyal listeners and, and good friends on Twitter. He said, you know, assuming that Alshon Jeffrey's back, which we're all in agreement about, where does wide receiver rank among the team's needs moving forward? I mean, are are we comfortable with Cameron Meredith taking the next step and Kevin White getting back to some form of productivity for the wide receivers, or maybe getting another rookie to develop, or should they try and target a proven guy like he, he mentions Kenny Stills and Robert Woods in particular? Because I think you and I are in agreement that if you're paying Alshon Jeffrey fourteen million. You're not necessarily going to go out and get Pierre Garcon and pay him, you know, another ten or whatever. You're not going to, and there really aren't a lot of high-paid, top-notch free agent wide receivers outside of Alshon Jeffrey, which is all the more reason to resign him because if he hits the market, teams are going to pay up for him even when the Bears won't. So, you know, do you do you? How much of a need do you feel like this position is? I mean, do they need how much of? How much of a free agent effort would you put into it? How much of a draft effort would you put into it? I know you have some guys in this draft that you're a big fan of, and we'll get more to them, I think, later on down the line. But more specifically, you know, where what level of concern do you have about this position, assuming that Alshon Jeffrey is brought back?
0: Well, it's a big concern. It's funny, a uh, great question there, Ballsley. Uh, Robert Woods is someone I have highlighted on the free agent list. He's somebody who's 24 years old very highly athletic talented football player that could be used in a versatile way who is a a snatch grabber and and he comes up i just like those kind of football players that attack the football in the air people that's what i term a snatch grabber it's nothing at the prom with some ill-advised prom date this is a football player. It's not Donald
1: Trump either. It's, <laughs> it's
0: a football player. Yeah, Exactly. Let's look at the Bears roster, Lauren, if you will. Uh, the, the returning players, as you said, Kevin White, let's start there. What do we know about this football player? We know him coming out, what a highly talented football player, big-bodied receiver who was a potential to be great, was a potential big play to happen. His first year, freak injury, crack, shin, whatever bone has a, a fracture and it can't play. Second Some kind year, of
1: tibula, fibula, nibula, something or else.
0: Right. That puts <laughs> him back. Redshirt year. Comes out next year. Gets hurt again. Although they're saying it's not the same injury, we don't know. Because the Bears are never forthcoming with anything that has to do with football. So... Now there's another question mark there. So you got Alshon Jeffrey, put the tag on him, come to an agreement now, make make him known, just like we talked about for the first 25, 30 minutes of the show. Now assess your roster completely. What do we have now? You have an injured question mark player next to him. you got a young player who you know I love, at Cam Meredith, ascending football player young six foot three about 203 pound athletic demon that again kind of is misused you're putting him in the slot you're playing him in weird situations he's an outside receiver he's not a slot even though they're trying to put i thought they were put too much on him you didn't get the production that you needed you watch when you put him outside the numbers that he was able to do a lot more damage. So hopefully the self-scouting for Dowell Loggins is there. And and there's nothing wrong with versatility, but I like that piece of the puzzle. I'm going to put a check mark on Cam Meredith. Then who else do you have? You have a a, a special teams football player that they threw out there to try to tell you is the number one, and you got a, a receiver that you all know I love that was completely unused. And unfortunately, through the back channels and what has come out in the offseason, played since October with a torn MCL and actually had a a cross, what is that, PL's, whatever, PCL tear too in uh, Daniel Braverman. I know what it takes to play the receiver in the slot position because that's what I played and it's difficult. This football player caught 107 balls in college. He just doesn't go to the NFL and forget how to catch or get open. He, he will get open. Whatever bias that Dow Loggins has, I just don't think you turn the page. But he's injured too, Lauren. So now he has to battle back from injury and then battle whatever discrepancies he has with the offensive coordinator. And you're going to have a new quarterback. So nothing settled a long story for Balsley at the receiver position. It definitely becomes a talented receiver class. So, how you handle free agency, I'm going out there and I'm really looking at a difference maker. He took one of my guys in Woods, the other guy is Deshaun Jackson, someone who's going to take a different approach to the football field and stretch that defense. This kid could get over the top. Even at 30 years old, I'd be willing to spend money on that kind of football player because you're going to need targets for a young receiver. And and that's how it would go. Alshon, franchise, uh, extended, if you can come to that. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, definitely a Robert Woods signed in free agency on top of Jeffrey. You've got to put an investment in talent. You can't have drop balls and try to sell Deontay Thompson and Josh Bellamy as starting quality receivers. It's just, it's not even real.
1: I, I want to, I want to pose this question to, uh, to our caller who is called in. We have a Shane Marsaw, a regular here at bears hour live Shane. I, I'm assuming you're in agreement about Cameron Meredith being better on the outside than, than in the slot, but, are, are you comfortable with him as a number two wide receiver, or do you feel like they need to upgrade him from him on the outside opposite Alshon, especially with, with Kevin White kind of being uh, more of an unknown at this point? I mean, uh, how, how do you feel about the, the help around Alshon Jeffrey?
2: I really want to talk about the snatch grabbing before we got into anything. <laughs> That's really why I called it. <laughs> nice, nice play there, Phil. <laughs> no, I wholeheartedly agree. I, you know, we watched... Cam Meredith all season long and it's just that I heard you guys talking about how they really had Alshon running all the all the routes that that really didn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense but then it like you said Lauren you gotta you gotta go back and look to who was throwing the you know what quarterback was throwing him the football and stuff but I I actually am pretty confident in Cam Meredith because I think he's just really scratching the surface I don't I think probably a lot of fans at this point should realize that he was uh you know most of the time he was a a quarterback in college so he's still just scratching the surface at wide receiver and i mean he was he was pretty close to a thousand yards i want to say he had just about 900 yards this year i don't have the numbers right here in front of me but if we can uh you know just continue on that ascent with him i think that's um yeah i'm i'm all for that i think You know, you saw Ted Phillips talk about these. You know, the Bears going after ascending players. I think Cam Meredith is a part of that, and you want to see him continue on that pattern with the arrow pointing up.
1: Yeah, Meredith had 888 yards this year. I think he led the team in yards per game too, at 63.4. He really emerged. The nice thing about him was that. When Brian Hoyer was in the game, Meredith was kind of that possession guy that could run the underneath routes. You know, he but he had the size too. I mean, it's that that size yeah. speed combination that, you know, it's not it's not elite at either, but he can kind of just do everything well, and that, that's definitely valuable, Phil. But if he's if if you're going out and signing a guy, I mean, what what role does that leave for him? I mean, he's rotating in on the outside, but you know, do you need to get a new slot receiver? I mean, you have Braverman, but they don't seem to want to to put him in, and I don't know if they'll necessarily want to rely on a seventh-round pick as their number one slot receiver. Do you see Deshaun Jackson as potentially that guy, or is there another slot that, that you'd like to see? I mean, it, it seems to me like Deshaun, he, he's able to take the top off and work more downfield. I don't know if how much you're going to leave him in the slot, how much you're going to want to work him outside with opposite Alshon Jeffrey. You can really kind of stretch the team, the defense horizontally if you have those guys on two sides that can really kind of stretch the four corners horizontally and vertically at the same time. What, 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 what do you think about that?
0: I mean, you look at that position and the value they place in it. It's, it's like... Very difficult to assess it because you look at a kid like Jeremy Curley from the 49ers, former Jet. Here's a guy that can play the slot position, get behind those linebackers and make plays. But ultimately, you're, you're dealing with the hiccup of Dow Loggins. How he uses that position is different than as you see a, a team that just won the Super Bowl and the team that's playing them in the Super Bowl, how they use the slot position. They use it in an aggressive manner as a, a primary target to move the football chains. And the Chicago Bears, unfortunately, based on what I saw last year, and this could be, you know, the guy's first opportunity in Chicago, hopefully he learns from it, but the position of talent, I'm not going to say just braver, man, that's it. No, this the draft has slot receivers that are able. When you look at the free agency, as I said, Curly could be a target if you're going to – you still have an Eddie Royal Shane on the roster. That has to be determined. We all are just assuming they're going to cut him. This guy was injured and still was on the active roster come game days. So what this team does is so baffling. And, and let's get it out there, guys. We, we talk about this and text throughout the, the whole football season. Now it's the off season. Now's the time where you reassess yourself, and they probably are ending that process right now. And that's the coaching staff, self scouting, how they're going to move forward in the future. Because you got Deontay Thompson; he's going to be a free agent. You got Marquise Wilson, who, by the way, when healthy, shows signs that he could be a top, you know, number two wide receiver in the NFL, make make plays. How? This kid's always been injured. How do you, you handle him? Do you just let him walk, or do you keep another homegrown seventh-round guy in? Do you take that chance? Those things have to be talked about because if not, then you really need to assess, and this is a copycat league, how long could all these white receivers in New England just be the only thing? Oh, dude, that's just Bill Belichick. No. Guys that run routes, get open, succeed. White, black, or indifferent. That's how you got to find. You got to find that interior receiver to compensate what you don't have. And they've thrown a lot of names at tight end. I'm glad they put, picked up Michael Pruitt. But ultimately, there's a lot of names in there. There's not a definitive person. So you're going to have to attack through the slot in the seams. and And, and that position is a priority to me. When I look at this roster and the depth chart on it, I have one more name. If I can butt in
2: here, guys, go for that it. we need to throw out there is uh, Brandon Cooks from New Orleans. He's not a free agent, but there's been a lot of chatter out there that he's going to be thrown up on the Love trading block. And if he if he's on the trading block, I think that's a a guy you have to you really have to go at, you know go hard for and get because. Something that's overlooked and I mean Phil kind of alluded to it just with the wide receivers, but something that is overlooked on this team as this on the Chicago Bears team as a whole is the lack of team speed. And it's I mean, it's pretty awful. It's glaring how bad it is when you watch a Bears football game. And you had a you know, you add a guy like Brandon Cooks, like what Phil said, you know, compared to Deshaun Jackson, that that elite level speed you know, that ability to take the top off um, is just going to open up everything behind it, you know, for Jordan Howard, for you know, Alshon Jeffrey, for Cam Meredith, for Zach Miller, and you know, whatever tight end is with him. But uh, that's, that is a name right there that I think, you know, and it's somebody that Pace has obviously done his homework on. I mean, I know he was a, this was his second year here, so Pace wasn't there technically, but um, he's obviously done his homework on him because he was their, you know, their first rounder, uh, Pace's first year here in New Orleans. But I think that's a name we really have to uh, write down and check back in a few more weeks and see see where he goes.
1: Well, actually, well, Shane, ha- um, Hi- highlight that. Highlight
0: that, Lauren, before Bear Report becomes a top story on their site. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, um, Brandon... <laughs> Brandon Cooks was a first-round pick in 2014, uh, Shane, so okay, that would so have it been –
0: He was there. Pace was there. Yeah, he was there. Okay. And, and I did... know it's a
2: great That makes name. even more sense then.
0: He was my number one receiver in that draft. He is everything that Shane said. He, he could play the slot position. He is a snatch grabber as – On top of a deep threat that can do what you're looking at Deshaun Jackson, as I was talking about, to take the top off. But this kid's, you know, what, seven years younger than How old is Cooks now, 24? 24.
1: 23 still.
0: 23 years old. I mean, that's a sending football player. That kind of aggressive. I mean, he attacks the football and is a tough son of a gun. Those types of football players, I mean, just think about – how that gives the cushion for a Kevin White return, how that would help Alshon Jeffrey get open on the opposite side and take coverage. When you're looking at chess, you need all your pawns and all those pieces to move appropriately. Great point, Shane. That would be something to get that polished NFL-ready receiver out there that can take the top off, create that big play, and ultimately do what you said in a team that's lacking speed, he would give you that one big play to change the whole field position game or score from anywhere. I mean, last time you saw a deep pass broken for a touchdown in Chicago, I can't even remember. Was it uh, Johnny Knox?
2: (laughs) So, I think the only... Josh Bellamy had one against Arizona. It was the blown coverage, and yeah, I think he actually double-caught that one, too. But
1: yeah, I was, was going to say. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a
2: rap video out there someplace talking about it the next day after he did it. But.
1: Yeah, you know, we've <laughs> been we talking a lot about taking tops off and snatch grabbing, so I just want to remind everyone <laughs> that this is a, a family show. Yeah. But one yeah, thing with you know, Cooks, uh, i I was concerned with two a couple of things. One— Shane, before I get more into cooks, do you know why New Orleans wants to trade him? I know he's going to be a free agent after this year. this he's entering a contract year, so I can see if they just didn't want to pay him. But it's not like he's underproducing or anything. He had thousand yard, thousand one thousand one hundred seventy three yards and eight touchdowns this yeah. year. I mean, he was electric. Do you know why they want to get rid of him?
2: I don't. Um, I haven't heard anything specific, but I mean, I think you just have to kind of look back. There may be some sort of a some sort of a disconnect there. I mean, there's been some rumors about. Kenny Stills but I mean you look at a young wide receiver like that that they that they ushered out of there you know fairly quickly also but um you know very well could just be that they don't want to pay him the contract and you know we're not privy to anything behind the scenes in New Orleans but I, I mean as far as any factual evidence I, I I don't have any but I've heard you know a handful of times that he will be put on the trade block well that's and the other the, thing
1: the other thing with that is, you know, he was a former, he was a first round pick, and he puts up twelve hundred yards this year. You're gonna have to give up a, a nice compensation package to get him, and then once you do get him, you're gonna have to pay him like a top wide receiver yep. because of his stats. So you're not only looking at a high draft pick trade, but you're also looking at a guy who's gonna want perhaps near Alshon Jeffrey money. And if you're gonna pay Alshon, say say he's getting fourteen million a year off his new deal or thirteen, thirteen, fourteen million. Are you going to then invest another, say, 12 in Brandon Cooks? I mean, there's $26 put into one position and two players, which I know we talk a lot about, you know, don't worry about the money. There is is plenty of money to go around, but it it does add up pretty quickly when you've got, you know, a good fifth of your cap space in two wide receivers, and especially if you Ah. have to give up, you know, a second-round pick or a future second-round pick to get a Brandon Cooks. I mean, how much... How much are you guys willing to trade for uh, to get a wide receiver like this that could be a difference maker in your offense?
2: To just to, to touch on that real quick, I mean, in, in terms of the contract, he's you really don't have to sign him to an extension. You know, he's he's still under contract, even though it is the year. I mean, depending on what you're going to be doing with Alshon, if you you slap him with a franchise tag and then you have a year with Cooks, who would still be on his Still be on his rookie contract because I don't. You said he came in in fourteen, so I'm not sure if they have. Did they? I don't know if they picked up the fifth year option with him being the.
1: They have not being came. a first rounder. You're right. That's a good point. So,
2: yep. So, but,
1: so they um, could get an extra year out of that, right? Yeah, they they can do a fifth year for 2018. That's a, that's a really good point, Shane. That's a great point.
0: So yep. Now so, you're I mean, basically you did, trading for two year lease.
2: On right. The guy. And
0: you got it you got to kind of weigh
2: some things too. And one thing that uh, I'll bring up, just going back to Alshon, as long as we're on contracts is, you know, he was tagged this year, like you guys said, for almost 15 million, but with him being suspended for the, for the four games, the bears also didn't have to pay out 3.43 million of that for the suspension. So he didn't really, he didn't really get, he didn't really get that 14.99, whatever the, exact figure was so that that was a that was a savings for the bears also but phil i think you hit it on the head perfectly when you see your you know accountant and ceo ted phillips sending out a a letter saying that the bears are going to be active acquiring ascending you know young ascending players to help lead them to championships that's (laughs) to me that's i mean how are you sending out your fan base those letters and your season ticket holders those letters and then say oh alshon you know here's you know happy birthday you're gonna turn 27 here in a couple of weeks we're gonna we're gonna let you walk away so i mean that's it's i mean just to get my thoughts out there alshon is an absolute must to get back and we 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 have the money i mean just like you said lauren the, the money doesn't really matter and You you got to kind of look at the Bears offense and other than Kyle I mean Jay Cutler we I think we're all in agreement that he's likely going to be gone but other than Kyle Long Kyle Long signed that extension for four years and 40 million other than that who's making money on the Bears offense there's nobody you got Alshon Jeffrey who's technically out of contract so you got to spend some of that you got to you know, right. diversify a little bit on both sides of the ball. You got to, you got to spend it someplace. We're three and thirteen for a reason because we have a lack of talent.
0: If we got to overspend for a couple of wide receivers. So be it. And, and just to top on top of that, you know, when's the last time the salary cap has gone down? It's never. Right. <laughs> this is this is America's game. The last Super Bowl was the most most watched in the history. It's only growing, even with all the negativity of the concussions and what have you. There's no stopping what the NFL product does on Sundays. You know, people are already crying that and broken down. How many weeks until training camp begins? Because of what? Thirty more Sundays. Exactly. So (laughs) this is a win now, league. Shane, you gotta invest. And talent one audience. more way to look
2: at it too, guys, is you talk about a guy like Pierre Garcon. I'm not sure Lauren, do we really want to go through an entire season of podcasts and an off season of podcasts listening to Phil talk about Crayon, LeBlanc, and Pierre <laughs> Garcon? You really want to hear them talking about these guys all the time?
1: <laughs> Very good point. No no more Haitian yeah. last names, no more French last names. Let's let's keep this let's keep the Chicago Bears American. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Build Listen, the wall. <laughs>
0: Real quick, I'm just getting some DMs on Twitter. Yeah. Marquise Wilson, your guys. Uh do you think he's someone that's going to return you guys are the GM. How do you handle Marquise Wilson going forward?
1: Yeah, he and Deontay Thompson, I believe, are the two free agent wide receivers of the Bears. Yes. I mean, I think you give Marquise sort of the one-year prove-it deal and, you know, come back and see if you can stay healthy and not get injured in training camp, which is tough for him. Then, you know, maybe you'll see what you have, but you can't really give him much more than that. And I don't think I really bring Deontay Thompson back unless I just can't get another kick returner somewhere else.
2: (laughs) Shame. Yeah, yeah, I think Deontay Thompson, I mean, if you do bring him back, it's going to be a minimum deal. And you look at a guy like Marquise Wilson, one— little note on him is (laughs) seems like he's been around forever guys and he's younger than Kevin White is (laughs) yeah think think about that you know but I I I totally co-sign what Lawrence says I mean he's a he's a classic case of a guy that you you see him flash this talent but the foot issues are obviously uh a major factor but I mean I think you have to give him the the one year prove it deal like Warren said and and kind of see where it goes because well, uh you do see the talent there but
1: and let's remember that uh Rex Ryan had a big foot issue but he 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 was still able to <laughs> sign on with some teams <laughs> exactly. so maybe the two of them could link up somewhere if if only Rex were still in the coaching game because he would love Marquis Wilson's feet for sure <laughs> oh <laughs> um,
0: and you look at the whole total of this free agency class real quick names that are going to get signed, and they're going to be pieces. You know, you look at Michael Floyd in New England. Here's a guy that came over, had a DUI, Arizona, cut some the Patriots. The genius label was to- toted out there. Here they got Floyd. He didn't even play in the Super Bowl, a healthy scratch. You know, you look at Cordarrelle Patterson, uh, Mr. Everything, played running back, kick returner he's going to want big money you look at him uh terrell Pryor in cleveland is a guy that has the ability to make a big play former quarterback like cam meredith he's going to be talked about a lot and uh there was one more that
1: i saw on there well and phil let's not forget that uh the the great jim miller had pointed out that Texas A&M wide receiver Josh Reynolds is better at catching jump balls yeah. than Alshon Jeffrey, so yeah. we might as well take that guy in the fourth or fifth round instead of paying our franchise wide receiver if he's, you know, he's just he's just better, you know.
0: Uh,
2: hey, one thing to keep in mind, guys, kind of talking about this list that Phil's putting out here with a guy like Terrell Pryor, Ryan Pace put in a claim for him, or I don't know if it was a claim, but he did try to sign him at some point in in Terrell. Pl- I guess I don't think it was a claim. I think he. He, uh, when he was a free agent there, he wasn't with a team. It was kind of when he was deciding to go, you know, quarterback or wide receiver. There was, he did have a workout with the Bears and the Bears offered him a contract. He decided to sign in Cleveland. So there's a little bit of a connection there.
1: And, and Phil, uh, our boy Balsley brought up another name at wide receiver, and when I glance at the free agent list, there's two other names by him, too, that I think we should all talk about. Uh, Marcus Wheaton from the Pittsburgh Steelers was the one that Balsley mentioned, but also uh, Marquise Goodwin from the Bills and Stedman Bailey from the Rams. Like three speedy kind of slot receivers that can all offer some of that taking the top off and maybe a little bit of snatch grabbing, too, that the, the Chicago Bears have been missing. What what, what are your <laughs> thoughts on those guys?
0: Well, what was the story with Bailey? Because he, I love this kid coming out of West Virginia, former teammate of uh, Kevin White. He got, he got shot, taken over. right? That's it. Was, he it? Ended was up that getting, I got, Yeah, that I was a He got it. shot in the head. So, so
1: he, yeah. yeah he didn't well, I don't want to let him year.
2: sign in Green Bay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you look at him. I mean, he has questions. Marquise Goodwin is an interesting name because – you're looking at a guy that has track Olympic-type speed to get open deep. It would have been a great fit with Jay Cutler, but it, it depends on the quarterback because he's not exceptional in the route running game. He is a nine-route guy. He can get you a big play. So I could see him as a part of if that's the way you're going to take a top off of defense. Uh, what was the other name? Oh, Jer- uh, not Marcus Jeremy. Wheaton. Wheaton. There's a story behind him, too, in Pittsburgh as to why. But he just never could settle. I liked him coming like out of Oregon the draft State. Too. Coming out of Oregon State, I thought he was going to be you know, a big play player. And ultimately, the league can eat these players up. I mean, it's a physical football game and, and a big league. And sometimes these guys need to find the right system to fit in. Definitely a name I wouldn't be afraid to fit into camp. But he's not someone I'm going out of my way to to see what he has because he just has never been consistent whatsoever. Uh, let me look at him. He had 51 yards receiving this year on three <laughs> three games played. So,
1: um, One more guy before we, we should wrap up here in a second, but one more guy that Ballsley just mentioned, and I'm glad he did because I had meant to get to him before, is Kendall Wright from Tennessee. He was a, a, a draft favorite of a lot of Bears fans that year. I'm struggling off the top of my head which Baylor, year that was. If Baylor. that was the... The Shea McClellan year, or if that was the... Yeah, it uh, was well, the
2: McClellan draft.
1: Yep. Yeah, where Kendall Wright was going to be like, oh yeah, Bears fans wanted this wide receiver. And he had a, a, a he decent start to his Shea. career, but he kind of dropped off the last couple of years and hasn't been able to stay healthy in Tennessee. Do you, you take a flyer on a guy like that?
0: I'm not opposed to it, because I look at him, and I compare him to Eddie Royal, and I see a lot more consistency out of Kendall Wright and a younger football player, so... That 27-year-old mark right there is that next chapter in your career. I'm I'm not paying it. I know we made about 2 million this past year. So you look at that and you look at the cap and how much space they gotta pay and they have to get ascending. Kendall Wright is someone that I could see GM Ryan Pace going after and be that, you know, he could play the slot, he could play the flanker position and give you quality reps at the position if he's healthy and, and your doctors would run a check on him, but <laughs> he's definitely a good name. out I, I would just, there's something about Robert Woods, a uh, 24 year old out of Buffalo that I just feel is a really good fit for Chicago. I just like the football player. I like how he attacks the football, but if I'm looking at those two, he's right there behind them. So that's a great name. Kendall Wright,
1: Shane, any thoughts on these free agent receivers before we wrap up?
2: Yeah, if if I was going to pick a guy from from that list, I mean, I'm up here in Northern New York, so everything's, you know, Buffalo Bills and Giants and they still talk about the Cowboys, but I would I would definitely look into a guy like Woods. Um, you know, bring him in. He's a he's not a he's not going to take the top off a of defense. He's just going to be one of those steady, savvy veteran type guys that I think every team needs, and it's, that's definitely something that the Bears do need.
1: All right, well, Shane, I'm, uh, we're going to wrap up here, so I want to thank you again for calling in the show. It's it's great to have you, as always.
0: Yep, yeah, thanks, guys. He's we'll our, talk to you later. He's our norm. Yes. <laughs> Match grabber.
2: See you later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you know, what one last thing I want to point out about the, this free agent wide receivers list is it's very telling to me when you look at the list and see – The Chicago Bears' most recent special teams kick returners all hitting the market once again. It seems like Mark Mariani, Eric Weems, Deontay Thompson, and and even actually Devin Hester, these guys are all kind of perennial free agents. It seems like every year they're on their one-year deals, and it it does kind of point to the Bears' inability to lock down a a real— You know, elite kick returner, someone that can make a difference at that position, I think it's easy to overlook special teams when you're looking at free agent additions across the team, and certainly cornerback and safety, there are some kick return options there too, and we'll get across to all of those, but something to keep in mind when you're looking ahead at some of these wide receivers is that the Bears are going to look for a guy, maybe a Cordero Patterson as, as someone that can be a kick return specialist that is an upgrade over Deontay Thompson. I I wonder too about Patterson. He's got a lot of the ability to play running back too. He's kind of that Ty Montgomery hybrid, but I think you're right that he's going to try and demand some big money and it might be a little bit too much of a risk for the Bears offense, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I just think that when you're looking at a guy that's wanting big time money and doesn't serve some significant purpose, then – Ultimately, he could become a distraction on a football team with a young quarterback. You don't need that kind of distraction. So I'd rather look to the draft if you're going to try to look for a, a speed returner and someone who's going to do that. Or, you know, like the Jeremy Curley is somebody out there that I think that consistently runs and runs hard on kickoffs. Don't rule out using that running back Langford back there. I don't understand how that didn't happen. Another show, but that's how I look at the kickoff return position, especially now with the rules and the kicker being five yards closer. You know, I would like to see the numbers on the amount of returns there were this year, but bears need to get that position or the person that needs to return locked in because I don't believe Deontay Thompson is the answer.
1: Yeah. Well, that's probably going to have to do it for our show. Uh, just just to recap, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, we we are in full agreement that he should be a priority number two behind quarterback this offseason for the Chicago Bears. You have to go re-sign this guy. If you have to franchise tag him, you do it. But ultimately, you got to come to an extension with this guy because you can't let homegrown number one wide receiver talent go, especially when you've got a young quarterback coming in. You're making that transition to a Deshaun Watson, a Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody else that's not... Not currently on the roster. You need to set this team up with weapons for that player. Uh, Pierre Garçon got a thumbs down from us. We weren't really uh, quite keen on the 30-year-old wide receiver from Washington, but Deshaun Jackson, his teammate, that's something the Bears should consider as a a guy with some speed. Maybe you don't want to do a super long-term deal with him because he's 30 and you don't necessarily know how long that speed's going to be able to keep up, but certainly you can get a few good years out of Deshaun Jackson and add something to this offense that – the Bears just haven't had in a while. We also are keen on the idea of kicking around the tires on Kendall Wright. Maybe looking at we talked about the interest in Terrell Pryor. There's some interesting connections there, although I don't know if there's room for both he and Alshon Jeffrey on this roster. Jeremy Curley, another guy we're both big fans of, but you know, maybe kick the tires on a Marquise Goodwin. You know, there's some there's some names farther down on the list, but you kinda like what you have in the in the question marks already on your roster. You know, a lot of these guys You'd like to see what you'd, you'd like to bring him to camp and see what they could do, but you already have guys like Marquise Wilson. If you resign him, you know Daniel Braverman, Eddie Royal, if he comes back and is healthy and isn't cut, you know there are there are guys on this roster that you know you don't want to necessarily overload the position and and, and give up your time. So you know there's. There's, there's not necessarily a huge need to build the lower half of the wide receiver depth chart because there are guys here, but yeah. there are a lot of guys that you're going to have to build at the top and you're going to have to get some weapons for your young quarterback. So uh, for Phil I am Lauren Cox, and this has been another episode of Bears Hour Live. Thanks for joining us, and I uh, hope you'll subscribe on iTunes and catch all the podcast version of the show if you aren't able to catch it live every Sunday at 2 p.m.